Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! edition of Extra Innings NFL Insider here on the Sports Insanity Network. I am your host, Mark Olduff's Guy Halpern. And with me tonight, I got two amazing co-hosts. One, our vice president in charge, Danny Boy Reginald. How's you know, it going, Dan? You know, it's good to hear your voice, Mark. I missed everyone over the weekend and, you know, watching the Jets just get obliterated did not help my misery so good to hear but you you're still styling and smiling yeah that that's that's what you gotta do you know when you're suffering through the pain of being a jet fan for all these years gotta find ways to cheer up and even though it's not easy gotta find ways to cheer up right and also with us even though i said i wasn't gonna make fun of him i'm going to bill the Giants didn't have a game. He didn't have to have a stroke. Murphy is here. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing good. I kind of it. It was I missed the Giants yesterday, but I, I kind of it. It was nice. My blood pressure didn't shoot up, and I didn't have a stroke. So yeah. and, and and it's a win if you think about it. You know what? You can't lose on a bye. That's a good thing. You can't lose. Yeah. Only if the Giants. Monday no. Only if you're a totally the Giants. Story, but but Next we week. have a great show tonight. You know, we're doing the three of us tonight. We are without our president in charge tonight, Lawrence Patchman Lang. And that is because it's Parent Patchy's birthday. So a big shout out to Parent Patchy. Happy birthday, Parent Patchy. Hey, salutes to Parent Patchy. Hope you have a good birthday. Thanks for blessing us with the president. Exactly. And next weekend, we will also be without Patchy as they will be him and Noah and Mike will be headed to the city and Mike and Noah are playing secret service agent to protect the president. Kind of a scary <laughs> thought, but that's okay. Yeah. Mike, yeah. Noah, if you're listening, please protect our, please protect our president. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially since, you know, it's a wrestling type of pay-per-view thing. So it's like, you never know who's going to be smashing into the crowd and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> But you know what? Is it that is it really bad to have them as as a Secret Service detail? Once you uh, think about it, I, I mean, Rifkin's a huge guy, so yeah, you, you Rifkin's never know. a pretty heavy. Rifkin's and a pretty looks, big I know it looks like he can handle himself. Yeah. So I, I think we're. I think we might be good. Well, if I was on the Secret Service detail, it'd be a, a it'd be a totally different story. Bill, even I tried to duck you, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. But. We're not here to talk bulletproof vests. We're here to talk about football. And we had some nice return yesterday. Cam Newton returns to the Carolina Panthers. Does not play much and can't really expect the guy to come in after being signed after two days of no whole playbook. He had some plays designed for him. He threw three or four passes for eight yards. However, a touchdown to Roger, Robbie Anderson, whose smile was ear to ear. 
And he also rushed the ball three times for 14 yards. But what else? Another touchdown for Superman. Carolina has finally maybe gotten that spark. And Dan, we were talking about all year, where could Cam Newton possibly go? I don't think any of us picked Carolina. Well, no, because we thought that his time with Carolina was over. So it wasn't really in the back of our heads. So we were thinking, well, maybe he can go to a contender somewhere where he can probably succeed that needs a quarterback. No, anywhere or anywhere that he can be a backup just in case. Uh, but we were definitely were not thinking Carolina, but I mean, the injury to Sam Darnold, of course, Sam Darnold, um, he's going to be watching for the bench pretty much for the rest of the year. And, and, you know, everything else that transpired and they wanted to get Cam back. I was in support of it. I mean, it makes more sense for Carolina now than it did weeks ago. But and it and it was a good move and it proved uh to be very good move because the Panthers ended up winning that game and it, it, you can't you you have to look at the way Cam Newton holds himself as a QB one the way he's leadership like you saw that there's videos out there um coming from the sidelines from Carolina where he's in the huddle and he's trying to guys up while they're going over the playbook and stuff with the offense. So clearly he makes a difference for that team. And it would be dumb to go back to Darnold, even though Darnold's a quarterback who's still fighting off growing pains, which in year four is terrible, but I think he's still a good quarterback. You still have to use Cam because Cam now gives you the better chance to win. Exactly. And, you know, he's floating on cloud nine that he's back in Carolina. He's very happy to be back there. It's where he got his start. Yeah, was he a little sour at the fans for burning his jersey when he left? But we can all count on the amount of players who have left over the years and had their jersey burned. Yeah, yeah but they couldn't wait Possibly. for him to be back. They couldn't wait for him to be back. No, because, because you saw a uniform. flood of number ones out there yeah. in that space. So let me ask you guys, this: is the Sam Darnold experiment over in it's Carolina? Not- no, because we don't know how long Cam Newton's going to be there. I would think Cam Newton should be there until he retires. That's just me. But let's say Cam Newton doesn't want to be there until he retires. He wants to go somewhere else just, just because. You have to keep Darnold on the roster. For, for one thing, he's, he's going to be there for a while. Um, but you have to keep him on the roster because he's a quarterback that knows the league, even though he's not playing well right now. And, you know, obviously his injury could affect him later on down the road. We don't know how he's going to respond, but he still is good enough where he can go out there and play the game and get you some points. You can't just, you know, dismiss Darnold just because he's not as good as many other quarterbacks in the league. You still have to use him in a way, and he's going to give you the best chance, you know, with or without, you know, all the pieces. And Dan's got that 100% right there. Everyone is going to benefit from Cam Newton being back. And obviously, we're going to see a return of Christian McCaffrey having possibly a very big second half Mm. of the season. Once that happens, people like Terrence Marshall and DJ Moore are going to be able and Robbie Anderson are going to be able to capitalize. 
Bill, now we'll get it over to you. Um, okay. What well, do you well, think of Cam Newton returning? I think Cam Newton returning is going to be a good thing because I think I was going to just say everything that you just said because, you know, now Cam Newton's got the weapons. He's got DJ Moore. He's got Robbie Anderson. He's got Chris, McCaff Chris McCaffrey. I think he's going to be – I think he is – he could be that piece that's been missing that could really possibly put Carolina in the postseason, but I don't know. And the postseason I don't want to make is a something... bold call in November, but. And the postseason is something we will touch on later on in this show. Um, it looking like, as Dan said, Cam Newton needs to be the starter there because of his explosive leadership that he brings to the team. And it's looking like that's what is going to be happening as PJ Walker will be taking a step back and Cam Newton will most likely start next Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, for someone that didn't really know much of Matt rules, offensive system, you know, his coaching strategy, he thrived in it pretty well. If you really think about it for the handful of plays he had to learn. Yes. And, and that was a big thing. Sorry, Dan, I didn't mean to cut you off on that. No, no it, it's fine. It, that, 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 that's my point. It's like, you know, he for, he, for someone that had to learn it fairly quickly because he was signed midweek. It wasn't like he was, you know, signed like a week ago. It was midweek last week. So still he, he had very little time and he came out with that performance. Again, not great, but it's a difference in the locker room that could make a team or break a team. And right now it's making it. And that's what, and that's what's something we're going to see at Carolina because Carolina manhandled the car, the Cardinals. And let's just get that out quickly. But mind you, the Cardinals were without Kyler Murray and yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. And it put a lot of weight on good old Colt McCoy, but you know, things happen. And you know, they'll move on. They'll get better. You know, moving across. Sorry, Dan, go ahead. Uh, just quickly. Uh, yeah, no. Arizona, look, uh, obviously, you know, Mark just said it without their two biggest guns. So, you know, it was, it was, it, it must have been incredibly frustrating for the fan, but, you know, that, that's what you're getting. Yeah. And they you know, got their ass kicked yesterday. Yeah, and and it and I feel horrible because I know that with their with their best players, they either win the game or they make it close and lose. So, shame. and you know what? It also takes a big hit on one of my fantasy teams because I had Kyler Murray as my fantasy team. And uh, Mark, I think you said yesterday that uh, Kyler Murray could possibly be going to the IR. Is that correct, or did I get? That it's a up? possibility. It's not a probability. Yeah. But Arizona's at a point in the season where, if they had to do that, God forbid, they're done. It wouldn't. No, it wouldn't destroy their chances at the playoffs. Yeah. It it would be a blow to the offense, but they they have a winnable schedule. Yeah. But um, he, but like. And you know what the thing is? It's like if Murray's out because you know who my backup in that league is? Baker. And Baker with his – yeah, that team might be going down the tube soon. I might have to make some transactions. 
Well, we all do when it comes to fantasy coming towards this time of the year. But heading across the country to a game that's happening just in about 15 minutes, Bill's old Bell Deckham Jr. returns to action tonight. Now, I call it Bill's because the only real season he ever had was with the Giants. Odell returns tonight, and he will be playing with the Los Angeles Rams, who offered him a $1.25 million vet deal. But here's the kicker. Robert Woods goes down with a torn ACL at practice. In comes Odell. Now, here comes my question. He's going to start. He's going to have 20 to maybe 25 plays. Bill, what do you think Odell is going to be expected to do tonight? I think Odell is going to be expected to fill that hole that was set by, by Robert Woods' absence. I think he's expected to really explode tonight because I think he comes in at the perfect time. They were first saying that he was going to be like the number three receiver. There's a possible chance he can now be a number two next to Cooper Cup. So I think Odell is going to be – I think Odell could be really helpful tonight and kind of maybe fill that hole, fill that hole, even though it's not a big hole, but fill that hole for the for the Rams receiver corps. Okay, that's a good point. Dan, Odell Beckham Jr. comes into the Rams. They lose Robert Woods, but now you have Cooper Cup at the one. You're most likely to have Odell at the two, and you got Van Jefferson. What are you thinking for Odell now? I mean, what I'm thinking is, you know, any way to get him the ball outside, inside, whatever he wants to do. He has to do something. He's not making enough money to be dictating where he wants to go. So pretty much anywhere where he can be open and catch the ball and give them uh, enough yards and, you know, enough touchdowns to win games. Right. And my – co-editor-in-chief of the Blitzers here, calls Odell to have a touchdown tonight. Will that happen, Dan? Yes. Bill, does Odell record a touchdown tonight? I'm going to say yes. And that's my thought as well. I think Stafford's going up top to him early, and we're going to see maybe a a, a rebirth of Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe we can see a happy return. Yeah, you have to understand, Odell is in a place where he wants to be, where he got to choose. This time, it was his choice. You know, when he got to the Giants, he loved New York, but he was drafted by the Giants. He didn't get to choose. When he was traded to Cleveland, he didn't get to choose that either. So now he has the, the, he had the choice to go to L.A., with the Rams, and that's where he wanted to go. And now we're going to see him thrive because he knows what he wants and he knows what he likes. So I'm I'm thrilled for Odell, and hopefully he records that touchdown and gives them a victory. That That's what matters more. Right, and for L.A. to keep up right now is not going to be a hard thing for them to do. I mean, let's, no. let's face it. They are the... LA Lakers of football right now. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're pretty stacked. And I said this Thursday night. Even more favorites to win a Super Bowl here. And you know, I have my problems with Odell Beckham because I'm a Cowboys fan. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there like this. He's a 
damn good receiver when he gets the ball in his hands. Oh, he can he move. Is. He can move. He made Eli better than Eli was. Oh, absolutely. How, however, Eli Manning did something that the that only the Washington football team could be proud of. Brady lost to a team that has no name, and he had two interceptions on the day. To me, I was ecstatic. I <laughs> wanted to see Brady get his ass handed to him at some point in the season and nothing better than the Washington football team. Now, Dan, I'm going to you first because you're down in D.C. You, you were possibly in the studio recording and listening and doing your reports. What was – there had to be emotion going on there during this game. Well, I mean, the, the anchors that were totally certainly anchoring the, that uh, newscast, they were very, very happy with the performance of the Washington football team. I'll tell you that much. Um, the vibe in the stadium – around the area it's pretty cool too i mean it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty good win for the washington football team and you know to do it you know without their big defensive uh gun we'll get to that in a second and the way that just to hold the tampa bay buccaneers to 19 points impressive stuff it was really impressive by them it was a great win um Obviously, Ron Rivera was very pleased by it, and it, it's one of those things where you have to give him credit. And then you look at Brady and the Bucks; it's like, wow, like this is another game where Brady underperformed. And, and it's it, first. It's a, it, it's it's weird to look to listen to, to look at that. It's weird to look at that, and you know, maybe start the sense of his twilight years sort of speak i mean this is a washington defense that has not really shown up yeah and then if they're gonna have a game to appear what better way than to make brady look bad yeah bill now i was saying this is something you know only eli manning can do and eli manning's beaten tom brady twice okay I'm going to have two questions for you, Bill. The first question is this. Pretty simple. What did you think about yesterday in Tom Brady? Well, I first, like you said, he lost to a team with no name. <laughs> Sorry, I got to relish in that a little bit. But, but no, I think Brady sort of underperformed a little bit. And I think that, um, hold on, I'm just going to pull something up real quick. Uh, Lo Siento. Because Brady, who threw two interceptions yesterday, which I know isn't a lot, but still, it really showed you that the Washington defense wasn't taking any BS yesterday. You shut down the best quarterback in the NFL yesterday. And, and yeah, the, do you think maybe, because we have talked that the, um, we have talked previously that the Bucks are not the same team that they were last year. Would you would you still agree with that? Say, um, yeah, uh, agree with that. Um, well, they definitely they def they ha I'll say this, Bill. They have okay. more injuries this year. Assessment, yeah, assessment. That was the word. Go on. Yeah, they have more injuries this year, so you know, you know, depleted D, depleted offense. You know, because of that, they're not the team that they should be. 
and Brady's missing some of his weapons, you know, his big one in Gronkowski. Brown's still out for a little bit. Yeah, and Gronkowski was having a nice start to the season, too. Yeah, very nice start. You know, you 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 were starting to think maybe he's coming back into form. You know, he's but, fully back into form after that. And then, and now, Bill, your second question is pretty, pretty, pretty simple. Can Daniel Jones be Eli Manning next Monday night and beat the Bucks? Oh, whoa. That is Just a, good a simple question. question. Simple question. I hope so. It's going to be a tough matchup. Oh, it's going to be a tough game next week. I'm not going to lie. And, you know, we'll touch on the Giants later, you know, later on down the road. But I just want to make it clear. Tom Brady is not invincible, people. Yeah. He's a man. And this is – and I've been saying this. Look, and people want to dismiss it because of the track record with Brady. Oh, one bad game is not going to define his season. But at his age – at this point in his NFL career with the teams getting much younger and younger and people getting stronger across the league, you have to start sensing that even though, even if Brady doesn't do bad the rest of the season, you have to start to sense that this is, this is the point in his career where it's like the tail end, the beginning of the tail end. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's going to be bad the rest of the – again, not saying he's going to be bad the rest of the year, but what if he's not as good as he used to be? And that's okay to say that. And, and so do you, you, Sorry, go ahead, Bill. Do you think Brady is going into his – going into the end of it, basically, like you said, going into his twilight years? Like, I think he's been in his twilight years, and now he's coming back down to earth a little bit. Look. We're not going to take away from the man the fact that, let's face it, in my generation, Dan and Bill's generation, even my mother's generation, it's hard to find another quarterback can stack up to what he's done and another player. I mean, it's it's not in this sport. You want to talk other sports, whatever. Uh, but I'm just saying in this sport, Tom Brady has earned the respect that he has. But enough think- about him because I can't stand him. But, okay. No, nah, that's okay, Bill. Um, Moving on, we had other exciting games going on in football yesterday, but they were all reversal games from the week before. Last week, Dallas got embarrassed by the Denver Broncos. They got manhandled. This week, they froze Matty Ice. They stopped the man dead in the track. Dallas won in a blowout, 43-3. to Dak Prescott, 296 and three total touchdowns. Zeke Elliott didn't have a big day because he didn't need to. They were up by so much that they rested him. So he had 41 yards and two touchdowns. C.D. Lamb, a nice day, 96 yards and two touchdowns. And then the defense just shut down Atlanta. But this isn't the Atlanta team of three, four years ago. It's not the receivers that it was. There was no running game. This was a depleted Atlanta team, but this was the ass kicking the Cowboys needed. And that, and that was a big difference. Um, I'm going to make it quick on Dallas because we have a lot to touch on. But, Bill, being that you're the Giants fan, how did it pain you to see Dallas uh, blow out Atlanta? It's, it was, it's painful to see. But I will say, I, I said yesterday on the Sunday sideline report, and you were there, I said that Dallas was going to win this game. 
but I did say don't count Atlanta out. Well, looks like I could go back yesterday and smack myself in the head for saying that. Among the yeah. other thousand things you probably would have smacked me for. But anyway, um, um, but yeah, it, that was painful to see. And you know what? As the lone giant fan here, I'm going to be honest. Do not, do not bat an eye at Dallas. I think they got this division locked up. And you heard it. You heard it. SIM blooper right there for Bill. <laughs> he actually admits on, Dallas I the, is better. I got the bucket right here. I need to throw up after saying that. Dan, quickly, bucket your right thoughts here. on the Dallas game yesterday. Well, my and, thoughts and, and were, her, it's a good win for Dallas. Sorry, Bill. It's a good win for Dallas. Um, But what was more alarming was seeing Matt Ryan play as poorly. And look, and look, we know Matt Ryan's not the quarterback he oh, was three, four years ago, but he still he still should be a top quarterback in this league. And seeing his demise is not shocking, but just how quickly he is is a little shocking. Um, yeah. And it, it that that's what. Because obviously that Dallas is going to win that game. We didn't expect forty-three to three. Like you know, that's that's a that's a lot. So yeah, I don't know. Like, what does Atlanta do about that? Really? Is it is it time? I mean, I think Matt Ryan has a year left on his deal. I'm not sure if it is a buyout or it's a club option or whatever. Right. But is it time for Atlanta just to say, go on? And start rebuilding this team. You have, you mean you have no certainty in Calvin Ridley returning right now mm-hmm. because yeah. you know he did the right thing. He saw he had a problem in his life and he stepped away. Exactly. I, I applaud him for doing that. It, it takes a lot to do that in in any major sport and in any job in life, whether you're a sports player or an average person, you see a problem in your life and you handle it. That's that's commendable. Yeah. Um this isn't the Atlanta team that it was years ago. Yeah. It's time for Atlanta to rebuild. Exactly. It's time and for them to rebuild and rebuild means you got to get rid of the quarterback. Uh, as hard as that might sound to the Atlanta right. fan. Um, so, yeah. Not that Chosen Rosen is their, is their hopeful <laughs> go-to. Yo, how about, how about makes an appearance for some ever? Goes an interception. First pass, too. First I pass. mean, and it, it wasn't a bad pass. It right. was tipped. It was mm-hmm. tipped and intercepted by Jordan Lewis, who was having an amazing game as it was anyway. Exactly. And I felt bad for Rosen. I was excited for Arizona when they got him a couple of years ago. I thought he had a chance, and he just didn't pan out. Yeah, he just didn't pan out. He well, he he thought too much of himself. Got a bit cocky and didn't work out, right? But yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't mean he doesn't have the talent. Just means he's not NFL fit. Exactly, and that happens to a lot of players who get drafted. Yeah. They just don't pan out. He yeah. might end up with Johnny Manziel in the CFL. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, just God, just quick. Yeah. Just quickly on Dallas. Tony Pollard, great, great game by him. 
Elliott yes. right behind him. C.D. Lamb also had some rushing yards to go along with his six receptions and 94 yards. Don't forget, Zeke did pass the ball for four yards. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole difference in the game right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, excellent overall with that offense. Defense, obviously, you know, that's a shutdown defense that's being built over there in Dallas. And, you know, hats off to Dan Quinn, former. He got his revenge. Yeah, former head coach of the Falcons. You know, it's, it's, always, a, it's always a good feeling when you beat your old team. Yeah. Now, Dallas took care of the Atlanta Falcons, but we're going to travel up the East Coast. Mm-hmm. We're going to come to New York. Yep. Where two New York teams faced off. And it yep. wasn't the Giants and the Jets. It wasn't the Giants and the Bills. It was the Jets and the Bills. And yep. no offense to my good buddy Dan right now. This was another ass kicking looking to be had. Yep. And Buffalo needed it. Dan, why don't you fill us in a little bit about the game? Because you're our resident Jets fan. Well, I mean, watching that game, well, I've said it before, it was miserable watching that game. But again, it was it was good to see Buffalo succeed because Buffalo needed it big time. Josh Allen, who did very poor against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, you know, to be honest, I'm starting to, you know, believe in some of the what Jacksonville's doing. I, I'm seeing the progress out of Jacksonville. So, you know, the, I'm, and we'll get to them also. But, like, you know, it's it, – it, give them a little credit where credit is deserved. But Josh Allen, going back to the Bills and Jets, Josh Allen, nice comeback game. He had two touchdowns, interception, but, you know what I mean, but garbage time maybe. Well, yeah, yeah, it was it was towards the fourth quarter. Yeah, whatever. So yeah. – um. He had so a yeah, good game. Yeah, no, good game by Josh Allen. Um, he torched that jet defense like nothing. And uh, he obviously, he threw for two touchdowns and did an amazing job. And, uh, again, the Bills, with uh, with their rushing attack and Stephon Diggs just you know doing his big things like he usually does, outstanding outstanding win at MetLife and it once again the Jets are exposed with their defense they got exposed pretty badly and look the Jets already average on defense they give up 40 plus points a game especially in these last couple games it's frustrating to watch as a Jet fan it really is I you don't know, I don't doubt it. I've been there with Dallas and I know Bill's about to say he's been there with the Giants. So we're gonna let Bill say it. Yeah, I've been there with the Giants, but uh, I wanna say a few things if that's okay. Go ahead. One Reg, uh looks like we have to cancel the Mike White Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? It's like uh, something that really makes me something that really makes me piss is that quote that Mike White said, like I should have been the first say pick. it. Preach to the choir. You agree with me on this? Like to the choir. He, you say I should have been the first pick, dude. You got mm-hmm. blown out yesterday. Oh, you are in no liberty to speak right now about how good you are. Oh yeah, Shut I mean he the mm, ah. Yeah, he he was talking about how he should have been in the first round when he got drafted, and you know when you say that you have to back up your play, man. You got to back up your game. And if you don't back up your game, you're going to look like a fool. And now he looks like a fool. So he's another guy 
by the you know plays for the Jets, who just says things, and what he says actually makes things worse, not better. It's a disaster with this team, man. I'm 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 sick of it. Like I'm sick of it. Just st- stop talking. You you don't you are not that good. So stop okay. talking. Let me ask Go you ahead, something, Bill. Reg. Um, one, um, you know, from the the great game Mike White had two weeks ago, and even the game that um that even when he had to be taken out, he wasn't doing that bad. But yeah. do, do you think maybe this whole Mike White thing is a fluke? Because a lot of Jet fans were saying, my dad was saying that Jet fans were saying that he's, oh, he might be the next Tom Brady. Ooh. Well, 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 no, no, I didn't say that. I know any, you didn't say that. Any you're one Jet of the fan, sensible Jet fans, right? And, you're one of the any sensible Jet ones. fan who said that Mike White was going to be this next big time quarterback, and it just happened by accident, you're fooling yourself. You're full of it. So, no, Mike White is is a backup. It is what it is. Well, and we we found out that he's a suitable backup, and that's fine. But that's what he is. He's a backup. And anything, oh. and if he claims that he's anything other than that, he's crazy. And so, Dave, going into next week, you have three ready quarterbacks for the Jets who are ready to go. Mm. Who do you play? If Wilson's healthy, I would go with him. He, look, even though he's hurt and when he's played this season, he hasn't been great. I need, the whole point of this is for him to develop. If we're not seeing any development out of him throughout the season, then that's going to take a major, that's a major step back for them. I don't want that for the Jets. I don't want that for Zach Wilson. I want to see growth out of him. And the only way you can grow is by playing him. But I guess, you know, look, Robert Sell, and I give Robert Sell credit for this. He's not counting out, you know, who his stars are. He's not being like, you know, we're only going to start these people because we want, no, he's being real. He's saying, we're going to see how it goes at practice and whoever starts will start. But to me, at this point, we know this Mike White thing is not going to work out. Uh, Joe Flacco is never ready to play. So, Let's get back Zach Wilson in there. Let's him. Let's continue his development. If it means that he develops later on during during the back end of the season, then he gets better during the back end of the season, and that's okay. But we need to start seeing that now. And that's what you get from honesty, ladies and gentlemen. You take a fan who's a super fan like Dan, and you put him in a position, and he gives you an honest answer. He doesn't tell you how everybody draws. He tells yeah. you like it is. And that's, ask- and that's what the – one second, though. And that's the honesty you get here, ladies and gentlemen, at SIN. We tell you like it is, not how it shall be. Go ahead, Bill. And uh, on a more comedic note, um, you were watching the game yesterday, Dan, with our dear friend Nate Moser, who is a yes. huge Bills fan. Did you pull the whole diamond dash? 
like I believe didn't... it or not, and stuck him with the bill. I mean, he he felt so bad that he just paid the bill anyway. Oh, what a nice guy! <laughs> oh, so you could take me to lunch the... for a Buffalo Dallas game anytime. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do the whole. Uh, mate, I gotta go use the bathroom. I'll be back in like uh, never. Bye. <laughs> well, I mean, I had I had Nate Moser. We're busting your chops. <laughs> He's used to it by now. Yeah, no, I, I had the money to pay it off, but he he continues to just be such a nice guy. But we like nice guys, even though they do finish last. <laughs> exactly. But um, and no, no, and I'm happy that he was around a bunch of Bills fans yesterday. Which is he got, to, he got to experience that, and that's tough in DC, ladies and gentlemen. That's tough. Yeah, yeah exactly. It is very tough, though. There are a lot of there are a lot of Bills backer bars around this area, the DMV, which is insane to think about. It's insane. Mike. Ahead, my Bill. brother was actually at that jet game yesterday and he said no offense reg he said that game was boring i mean what jet game isn't boring when even when the giants in preseason yeah uh, even even when the jets win it's a boring game <laughs> i went to like, a jet game once in december it was cold boring and depressing yeah. and i was cold bored well, and those, depressed. those are the worst games i i went to a game in december darnold was in his rookie rookie year he had a great game but that was like, oh God! Like, you can't get me stop. out to the Meadowlands anytime past November anymore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, because, I've had no. too many giant Dallas games in in, in in the East Rutherford, New Jersey, at the end of December and the beginning of January, where it's minus four and it's sleeting and hailing and whatever. Yeah, but if we're talking about cold football games, let's go where it actually snowed. Yeah, Green Bay, Wisconsin. It snowed for the first time in the NFL this season, and the Green Bay Packers, I'm not going to say manhandled, but no. they beat the Seattle Seahawks 17 to nothing yesterday, and they didn't do it behind the arm of Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams didn't receive 45 receptions. The defense, you know, played very, very, very well. I'm going to say that. But A.J. Dillon, ladies and gentlemen, 21 rushes, 66 yards, and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones goes down with a sprained MCL, and A.J. Dillon steps up and leads the Packers 17 to nothing over a Seattle team that was having Russell Wilson return, and everybody's eyes were wide open at this game. Now, Bill, we know that President Patchy is our resident Green Bay fan, and he isn't here to back up anything right now or say anything. But Green Bay really took hold of Seattle. Was this more the fact that Russell Wilson was just returning and it was Russ? Or is Seattle really that bad? Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I think maybe Russell Wilson just needs some time to come back. But, like, here's the problem, though, and this is going to go into another thing, if you don't mind. But first, before we go into that other thing, the first thing is – the first – thing is is like i'm gonna be honest with you i'm gonna be honest with you folks i think seattle is a is an overrated team sorry because well, they you look at their receivers it, they no, do no, have Matt two of the Pat best wide receivers in football but they always say seattle's gonna be a playoff contender and this year they're looking a little shaky and russell wilson maybe he was just coming off the rust but this goes into another question, and this, and that's not for the rest of this season. It's for next season. 
there is talk. Are the Seahawks going to trade Russell Wilson? Well, it's, it's a question that has been asked, and it was a question that was floated around at the end of last season. Were they going to dump Russell Wilson off? And Russell Wilson didn't want to leave. He wanted to stay and throw to DK and Tyler. Unfortunately, as anything in football happens, he was broke his finger, had to have pins in, and missed seven weeks. Now, we saw what happened to Dak Prescott after returning from two weeks. Russell Wilson did not look like himself yesterday. No, he did not. He was not. shaky in the backfield, and he was just off target everywhere. Dan, what do you think was with Russell Wilson yesterday? Well, a lot of it, again, you have to, you have to factor in that, you know, he's still testing out that finger. You know, it's like the it's middle finger. That, that's, that's very key in your grip. So he's definitely having issues there. Um, and then also just getting back into the fold, like, you know, like he started practicing full time starting, not that he doesn't know the playbook, obviously he does, but still, you know, when you're out for that long, it's, it's hard to get yourself back into shape a little bit. So, you know, a lot of it was just the fact that he had t- trouble getting back and the offense showed it too, but you know what? And this is the thing that hasn't been mentioned yet. It's just the fact that the defense from the backers was just better. Way better. And, you know, the Seattle defense, you know, as iffy as it has been all year, Seattle defense also did a pretty good job with the Packers. Yes. I mean, hats off to Jamal Adams. Yeah. You know, they only. Yeah. He now has many as interceptions as Vince Warfel. (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, 17 points, you know, only the Packers 74. That's that's pretty impressive. That's impressive. You know, Jinx. but exactly. But you have to also give credit to the Packers. They, they didn't let up. And no. they, even though their Seahawks are a little rusty, they weren't. And they 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 had it all together, so. Right. You know, it's a combination of many things for the Seahawks. And I, I'll get to you one second, though. I just want to make this quick. Um, when you look at the Seahawks on paper at the beginning of this season, they had a offense that was on the line with any of these top teams in the NFL right now. Yeah. Injuries cause problems, ladies and gentlemen. And when you lose your starting running back and your starting quarterback, it's kind of a problem. Geno Smith did okay but he was not the replacement that was needed in Seattle. Unfortunately, I like Gino. I loved him when he was with the jets and I'm sorry to see him having as bad a week as he did. Go ahead though. But um, you know, getting back to the whole Russell Wilson trading Seattle thing, like who's Seattle going to bring in? At this like, point, it's not who it's the question is, should they? And right now, the issue isn't with the line. The issue isn't really, I mean, the defense played decently. I mean, as Dan said, you held the Green Bay Packers to 17 points. That's not easy to do on any day of the week. With Aaron I mean, Rodgers playing too. Right. When you have your top target in De, uh, Devontae Adams in the game, you got Scantling, you got Lazard, you got, I, I, I mean, I could just keep, and you have Cobb. And then you lose your starting running back, but you have a running back 
who came in and showed up in a battle. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was the difference in this game. I mean, AJ Dillon on that screen pass. I, and I mind you, I wasn't watching the whole game. I had tuned in mostly in the second half. He caught a screen pass and he must have broken four or five tackles and went yeah. down the line. This is a player who, who is a definite future for this team yeah. and they better lock him up soon. Yeah. And then, you know, it, 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 and, you know, Jordan Love needs to take notes too. If that's going to be the case, because it seems like he's going to be the quarterback of that future. If, you know, given Aaron Rodgers, if he actually is going to leave Green Bay, which I don't think he should. I think he should finish out his career there, personally. Yeah. I think and so too. I, I just don't want to see what happened to Brett Favre happen to him. Yeah. I don't want him to bounce around. We know he'll never go to the Jets, but. I don't want Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> we know he'll never go to the Jets, and he's not going to go anywhere in the NFC North like, yeah. uh, like our good friend number four did. Yeah. It's possible if Russell, like Bill said, you know, Russell Wilson's name, if he gets traded, Aaron Rodgers could go there for one year. And can you imagine Aaron Rodgers with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf? Oh, he's going to be unbeatable. The guy's going to be a beast if that's the case. Even if it's on a one-year, two-year Tom Brady-like deal, he could easily win two Super Bowls right there in Seattle with that with that offense, with Chris Carson even. And that's a you lot know, to say. You know who you know who they're also talking about? One of the teams that 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 Wilson could go to, and Who's I think that? our dear friend Mike Rifkin might be happy about this. Miami. And that's been brought up is that Miami will be looking to make a big splash. I don't think it'll be with Russell Wilson because I don't think Wilson's going to go there. And I think Wilson, if he's going to sign anywhere else, it'll be with a contender that is playoff ready. And that's not a lot of teams out there. Because I don't think Russell Wilson wants to be the rebuilding quarterback. Well, it's not, it's not that, it's not that he, he, I'm sure he could be a part of anything future-wise, you know, even if it's in a veteran backup role. But right now, Russell Wilson is still in that part of his career where he wants to win. So if he if he's going to go anywhere, he's going to go somewhere where he knows he's going to win. And Mark pointed out, like, what team out there that – is a contender that needs a quarterback. I don't really see one. The only team that I could possibly see, you know, Russell Wilson going to that has a shot at San Francisco, keeps them in the NFC West, has a yeah. young receiving core, mm-hmm. and has a couple of good young running backs. They're not all number one picks, except for, uh, you know, Samuel's having a fantastic yeah. season. Yeah. But, and Samuel is going to be the number one there for future time. You have Kittle. Yeah. It's a perfect scenario for Russell Wilson, but they they need to be able to protect him more. As they've already shown, they have not been able to protect their quarterback. Yeah. And that would be a problem for Russell Wilson. Yeah. I could also see like the Raiders. You know, would be another good fit for him. Because be, you know, uh, the future with Carr is very up in the air. You know, mm-hmm. even though Carr is having a fairly good, decent year, like he's kept the minute. Can give him credit where credit is due, but that could be another place where the quarterback makes a big difference there. And 
Las Vegas, you know, has a nice young running back in Josh Jacobs. Yes. Unfortunately, Las Vegas has been in that whole news realm like Washington. And I don't really want to touch on that too much, but they've had so many problems. They need an uplifting moment. And Russell Wilson could do that. Yeah, well, it's definitely that, a change in the front office because that's going to be a bit sour too. Mm -hmm. So stuff like that, that that could change a bit of a culture. And Russell Wilson, like this guy has won Super Bowls. Guys have been to -to back-to-back Super Bowls. And he knows how to lead a team down. So it can definitely change that team like nothing. Right. And he has a capable skill that is still the NFL is still catching on to is that mobile quarterback. Right. I don't think anybody's locked it down. I mean, that goes to Dak. That goes to anybody out there right now. Deshaun, right. I mean, even when he comes back. Right. Anybody he can, can run. Exactly. And, run. That, and that's something a lot of teams don't have. A lot of teams count on pocket passers like Indianapolis with Carson Wentz going with him because you have that finite system around him. San Francisco is a team that works on the move, and so does Las Vegas. So either one of those would be a perfect fit for Russell. But we will wait and see at the end of the season and what they are going to do. Yeah, I, I just hope he, that whatever whatever the Seahawks make, if they decide to let him go, that you know Wilson has a say in it too. Because well, this is a hundred percent true. Because you can't you can't just send him somewhere where he's not going to be okay with, you know. Right. Whichever, whichever team's going to willingly give you something in return back, that's something that you should also consider because this is his career too. And you got to be a little respectful for that. Now, Russell Wilson's been in the league for a quite some time now, and it's done very well. This season has had a weird feel to it. And yes. I'm talking about Patty Mahomes. Patty Mahomes has not been himself all year. He, he's been up, he's been down, he's been left, he's been right. He's had players in, he's had players out. But last night was a reemergence of the real Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Kansas City wins this game 41-14 to 14 against a good Raiders team. I mean, it's not, this wasn't a crappy team. This was a team that's been doing well in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Mahomes comes in, throws 406 yards, five touchdowns. Kelsey has eight of those receptions, 119 yards. Darrell Williams, 43 yards rushing, but throw, grabs nine receptions for 101 yards. Tyreek Hill, seven for 83 with two touchdowns. This is a one of the scariest offenses in football. Now, the last few weeks, it's not been like that. What happened this week, Bill? Here we go, Bill. What happened this week that woke Pat Mahomes up? Well, I think Pat Mahomes just woke up. He had a hell of a game last night, throwing for 406 yards and five TDs. I think things are really starting to click again because the last couple weeks, you've seen Pat Mahomes not be himself. But last night, this is the Pat Mahomes we like to see. And I think maybe he's got the Chiefs back in this season, not that they were ever really out. But even last night, not just Mahomes, but the the defense playing well, only holding the Raiders to 14 points. Because, again, I said yesterday on the um, Sunday sideline report, I was going with the upset and thought the Raiders were going to win this one yesterday. 
This is but, a storied uh, rivalry. And they played many big games against each other. And there's always been great games. But Chiefs were purely ready. Dan, Pat just, Mahomes. Well, you, you, first of all, the Chiefs are quietly on a three-game winning streak. So just wanted to make that point. That's a very good point, too. They yeah. beat the Packers last week. I think it's just confidence. Sometimes I think, you know what, they're starting to, one, they're, because now, well, first of all, I believe the league's got Patrick Mahomes figured out, which is why he initially struggled. But now I think that they are finding ways to work around whatever the league is trying to handle them. And, you know, whatever defensive schemes that they're trying to, you know, do to make that Chiefs offense and just go in disarray and stuff. So I feel like that they're sort of finding their groove there. They're trying to figure stuff out and it's worked for them fine. So, and that, and just pure confidence. I think Mahomes is figuring out that he doesn't necessarily have to do everything. And when the pressure is off of him, he's just loose. And he's a scary quarterback. Yeah. Scary young yes. talent. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Go crazy for new episodes of the Sports Insanity podcast every week. Now available on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. Let's get back to it, friends. The Chiefs sit at 6-4. and four. They're home next week. Who are they facing? The Dallas Cowboys at 425 on CBS. That's a big this game. This is the game of the week. This is the game of the whole weekend. This is mm. Dallas' season and Casey's season literally right now to show off who belongs in the in, in the Super Bowl, whether it's the AFC or the NFC. Dallas, 7-2, and two, my team, my boys, they're doing great. They can come in and dismantle this defense. However, if the Dallas defense that showed up against Atlanta decides not to come to KC, Dallas can lose this game very easily and let it slip away. With a new rejuvenated Patrick Mahomes torturing the Dallas defense, that will be a big storyline. That game is going to be fantastic. Yeah. So I would be very careful if I'm Dallas. Yes. You get prepare what you need to prepare, figure them out, like just like you know the rest of the league has. Uh, and try to have the game of your life here because you know that now that we know that the Chiefs are back to being dangerous, and I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. Gotta I think that's something that Dallas needs to really not take lightly. And, right. And if they and if they don't, boom, you have a yeah. good game. The thing is, um, after case after the Dallas game, Casey is playing, you know, somewhat decent teams. They got 
They got the Broncos afterwards, which is sort of iffy. Then you got the Raiders. You got, again, then you got the Chargers, and you got the Steelers. Then you got the Bengals and the Broncos again. So they're playing somewhat decent teams after after Dallas right now. So I think not just a Dallas game, but I think the re- the remaining schedule is really going to be a test to are the Chiefs back? You know, or, did they just get off to a slow start, or are are or are they that garbage team people are saying? So, excuse me. Um, so. Uh, the big question is going to be, is KC back? And like you were saying, that defense has been shaky. If Dak Prescott can do a number on them this Sunday, they're going to get blown out. So, Well, well I, think, I think that Dallas you know, just had a bad game against Denver. But they're back mm-hmm. now. I think their defense against Denver. Atlanta proved. No, I'm talking it. about KC's defense. Oh, but yeah, I, I apologize, but that, that's my bad. I do sure. apologize. I absolve you, Dan. Uh K in terms of KC's defense, I mean they they did a pretty solid job. And the Raiders are not an easy team, so they did a pretty solid job there. Uh but um yeah. Yeah, I think that you know, little by little, they'll build it up a little bit. Mark. Yeah. When you go when you're looking at the debt this game. It's going to come down to two things. Number one, the KC defense, which is ranked at the bottom of the league right now. And they're not at the way bottom. They're in the bottom three in football. And you're going up against a high-powered Dallas offense in which you got Zeke and Tony to run the ball. You got Cooper, you got Lamb, you got Gallup now back. So Dallas has got all its number one weapons. But you know what? So does KC. KC will, well, should have Clyde uh, Edwards Hilaire back next week. Yes. And that's a big return for KC because they're, that's their workhorse. They've been trying to balance it out a little bit and not have Mahomes do what he did last time and throw the ball 50 times. Yeah. I don't think they can afford to because eventually teams are going to catch on to what Miami did to Jacksonville. I'm uh, not Jacksonville, sorry, to um, Baltimore. They're going to run a defensive scheme they're not ready for, and they're going to stop them in their tracks. Right. That's how Miami beat Baltimore. They came with a zero mid-blitz defense and just completely stymied that team. If Dallas can do something like that to hold Patrick Mahomes and somehow stop Terrence, you know, Tyreek Hill and somehow corralled to Travis Kelsey. Don't forget, there's still Pringle and Nicole Harmel and Demarcus Robinson. Oh, yeah, and Josh Gordon that you have to worry about. Mind you, Josh Gordon hasn't done much at all, but it's still a, he's still getting in there, and he still can get down the field. You know, this is going to be – this is the game of the season right now in Dallas's eyes. This could be the game that decides KC State as well. well and – Ahead, I agree. Just because they're six and four, that's why it may decide where their season may go. Right. Because at six and five, it, it, you know, Dallas wins. Well, I'm going to be ecstatic for it. But at six and five, is Casey done? Because of the competition that I'll, we're going to talk about very shortly. But would Casey be done at six and five? Could they sneak in? The thing is, with 
just transitioning, I'm looking at the playoff picture. KC is number four. Right. Which is top of their division. So, yeah, because there's, there's no other way they can get in. Right. I mean, it's not a simple AFC walk-in this year. Yeah. There are a lot, there's a lot of teams that are on the outside looking in here, so to speak. Yes. That can make runs. And we, uh, Bill and I have seen it in the NFC plenty of times where teams have come back and stymied the Giants or the Cowboys. I know Dan has seen, has seen it in his time where teams have come out of nowhere. Dan's been reporting on sports as long as I can be happy that I can say I've watched them. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I, I, I just see this as being the game of the year right now. This could be your potential Super Bowl if KC does indeed go as far. But Dallas has a lot of competition, too. I'm not saying Dallas is a lock, even though I'm picking it for it. But Dallas has a lot of competition, too. And we're going to transition to that right until, as Dan said, the playoff picture. We look at the AFC right now. As Dan said, KFC is in the fourth spot leading their division. Tennessee is right now walking away with the AFC at eight and two. You have the Baltimore Ravens and you have the Buffalo Bills are your leaders. Of everything, I only had two of these teams. I had Casey and Buffalo at the lead at this point. I did not have Tennessee or Baltimore. Dan, I'm going to throw to you first, then Bill, I'm coming right to you. Of the gotcha. top four right now in the AFC, Buffalo, Baltimore, Tennessee, KC. Who's the best of those four teams? Well, I mean, record-wise is Tennessee for sure. And you want to go team-wise, I also say Tennessee. They've had – Tennessee has had really impressive wins this season. And, you know, with a lot of these teams that aren't easy to beat, their defense comes up big and their offense comes up big. Uh, And this is a depleted offense with Tennessee. So – they have a lot of depth and they have a lot of, you know, their coaching's good, good players, you know, a lot of confidence with this team. I'm liking what's going on in Tennessee. They're looking really good. Now, this is a good transition over to Bill. Bill, at the beginning of the season when we were doing our blitzers and we were writing each week, you were our Tennessee Titans writer. I was. You were reporting on them on weekly. Of yes. those four teams, I know the, as I just I was just transitioning to you, Buffalo, Baltimore, Tennessee, KC. Who's the best of those four teams? Mind you, this is your opinion. Okay. Um, to me, I think it's a bit of a toss-up, if that's okay. Um, I say it's a toss-up between Tennessee and Baltimore. Because with Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill is looking good. You got AJ Brown. But the only, but like the downsides are you got Derrick Henry, who's out for the rest of the year, most likely. And you got Julio Jones is hurt. But like we said yesterday on the sideline report, Mark, do you think Jones being out is really going to be a big hit to Tennessee? Because no, he wasn't doing of, anything anyway. He wasn't again, doing anything yes. that was causing them to win. He's been so, kind of pointless. So I think Tennessee could, could be the best team. But another one... And even though I know they just lost Miami on Thursday night, but I'm going to have to say Baltimore. I think that offense is absolutely deadly, especially with Lamar Jackson. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be counting them out just yet okay. after their loss against Miami. 
I think they I think they can run a a, a really strong team. And you know, with that hole being filled by Derrick Henry in Tennessee, I think Baltimore, like I said, that offense is freaking scary, guys. So I'm gonna say you know, it's a toss-up between Tennessee and Baltimore. And Bill and Dan are both right here. I mean, Baltimore and Tennessee, two very potent offenses. However, I see Tennessee having the edge with their defense. Tennessee's defense has been absolutely phenomenal. Last year, and I said this yesterday on the sideline report. Sorry, I keep bringing up the sideline report, but yeah, shameless plug for that. Um, But I said yesterday on the sideline report, yesterday, I said last year, Tennessee was one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Well, they weren't anywhere near where they are now. Yeah, they're, they, they're now. They had built. They had the building blocks. They had. The, they had the defense. It just wasn't clicking. This now year, fifth in sacks. They have seven interceptions. And I think fourteen fumbles. I, I, I make. Hopefully, I remember that right. If I'm not, I, I'll take the. I don't have the one. stats up in front of me, but you're pretty close. Yeah, but. This is a defense that last year everyone was saying was one of the worst in the league, and now they've really stepped it up. And that they have. You know, now we've talked about the leaders. Let's look at the teams that are just on the outside of looking in. You have the New England Patriots. You have the Indianapolis Colts. You have the Chargers. And I'm going to say it. I can't believe it. The, the, Let it out. Here's me. Come on, Mark. Damn it. And the Chargers. And the Chargers. All on the outside looking in. And mind you, a close second behind is Cincinnati and Las Vegas. This is an AFC that has a lot of weak teams that are all bunched together. Yes. Of these teams I just mentioned, New England has been the most surprising. And they have been their stock has been on the rise. Mac Jones this week played one of the best games of a rookie quarterback I've seen in a long time. He came out and he manhandled a Cleveland defense that has been pretty stellar. And when I say manhandle, they were another blowout. 45 points put up by New England. Bill Belichick is no joke, ladies and gentlemen, and not that any of us have ever said he is. But Bill Belichick, is doing wonders yet again in New England. I'm not saying Mac Jones is Brady's heir apparent, but it's the way they're going. Jacoby Myers got his first touchdown. Hey, Jacoby, yay. But let's be serious. Of these teams that I just mentioned, on paper, it's the Indianapolis Colts that scares me more. Bill, the Indianapolis Colts, you know, we know they are Jonathan Taylor and Pittman and all, all that, but it's Carson Wentz starting to lead them back you and i have watched carson wentz play in the nfc east what do you think of carson wentz and possibly leading indianapolis well i think carson wentz is because you know i have said this like the guy gets hurt when he even steps on the field because he's like porcelain glass Mm -hmm. (laughs) carson wentz if you're listening please mark please don't tell mr wentz where i live um i won't but anyway I think right now he is, I think, you know, he's kind of shaping, I think he's sort of shaping up in Indianapolis. And, you know, he has his weeks when he's not so good, but I think Wentz can be a strong quarterback in the AFC. 
Okay. And that's a look at the AFC. You know, Dan, let me get you quick. quick. What are you looking at between the teams that I mentioned? Well, you have New England, you have the Colts, Chargers, Cincinnati, and Las Vegas. Of any of those teams making a big run, I have said Indianapolis, you know, we've talked New England. What do you think? New England. And not only do I think New England has a chance to make the playoffs, they have a chance to win the division. At being one game back. Can you believe that? And None of us have and, that. And look, I I give Bill Belichick credit for the uh, that and McDaniels and all that stuff. People that have taken this young quarterback, rookie quarterback, and you know I'm all I'm all for developing by winning, and they have taught him how to win. That is big. That is key, and it's and, scary, very scary. And then hit the nail right on the head with that. Yeah, they know how to win because Bill Belichick doesn't put up with shit. Yep. He doesn't let the crap get to him. Go ahead, because I was saying, um, because I was saying, you know, I was thinking, you know, what you were saying with Bill Belichick, and we were going through the whole Odell with Odell Beckham. I know that's a terrible pun, but, but, um, you know, I was thinking how you say Bill Belichick doesn't put up with shit. I'm thinking if Odell was going to go anywhere, I was hoping New England, because I think he would have needed someone like Bill Belichick who was going to lay down a law and say, listen, this is how I run my team. And if you don't like it, the door's right there. Right. And we know Bill Bill Belichick can handle the big time receivers as he's done with Randy Moss and humbled them. But as we all said at the beginning of the show, this is for Odell to showcase himself. And he saw his best chance at a ring was with the Rams. And let's face it. It's not a bad choice. Yeah, it's not. But you have to look in New England and be like, wow. Like, can you can you imagine if they had someone like an Odell Beckham? That would be an even bigger game changer for someone like Mac Jones who can use a, a good, good weapon. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about the AFC and as they've won many Super Bowls over the last, you know, X amount of years, even though the NFC did win it last year. But let's shift over to the NFC. Now, your four team leaders as of tonight, this is before the Rams games finish, is Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and Arizona currently. The Rams, if winning tonight, would go be in a tie with Arizona. So those are your right now, your five teams. Dallas is the, was the most biggest pick and Green Bay, the biggest pick. Um, listen, we were thinking, um, Tam- one second, Bill. We were thinking Tampa Bay was going to be in the mix. We all knew what LA was bringing to the table and Arizona. But here's the thing let's forget all four of those teams. Let's look at what's coming up. You got New Orleans, Minnesota, Carolina now with Cam Newton. And even talking about it, Seattle, Minnesota, and Philadelphia all have chances to make the playoff. This is a scary thought in the NFC because I take two teams at the bottom, Seattle and Minnesota. Look at those offenses if they get going. 
Those are scary offenses. Good receivers, good running backs. Bill, what were you going to say? I was going to say about the Rams. Um, if the Rams win tonight, Arizona would still have – they would have the same record, but Arizona would have the tiebreaker now. Currently. Yes, as of this Currently. moment. Currently. And as I said, that game is starting right now. I haven't even watched it yet. I will be watching it in a little while. Um, but this football season has seemed different from the get-go, with injuries being its big play. But at the beginning of the season, we were all joshing and joking and saying, could it be possible that any one team loses out the entire season and for a while, it seemed like that was going to happen until yesterday. We take the worst team in football, the Detroit Lions. Now, not like they'd never been down at the bottom before. And we throw in a storied franchise like the AFC Pittsburgh Steelers. And the game goes to overtime and ties. Somebody. Let's start with Dan since we started with Bill on the last one. Why and how do the Pittsburgh Steelers allow the Detroit Lions to tie them? You're asking me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, that was a brutal, brutal performance by the Steelers. And look, no Big Ben because he's on COVID protocol. You know, it is what it is. Uh, but we've seen Mason Rudolph play. Mason Rudolph could play. Mm-hmm. The fact that, dude. Steelers couldn't back up their play with Mason Rudolph, and the defense allows the Detroit Lions to tie them? That's just awful, man. It's awful. It's a bad, bad taste in the mouths of Steelers and their fans. And, you know, again, hats off to the Lions. I mean, the Lions, you know, look, they're they're winless. But 0-8-1, yes. (laughs) <laughs> but but they've had some close games too, so you you also have to get. I don't think they're they 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 may have the worst record in football, but they're not. They're definitely not the worst team in football. I don't think they're the worst team, but they do hold the worst record. Yeah, Bill. I think it's just bad luck. Yes, Bill. The Detroit Lions. Wow. What, all I can say. What is, happened yesterday? All I can say is they didn't lose the game. They didn't lose the game. Right. Um, and mind you, but, my wife's not a big football fan. But even she thought it was funny when the Lions went winless that one season and said, has that ever happened? I'm like, no, it's happened the other way. <laughs> but we could still see the Lions lose the same amount of games, even with a one-week addition. That's the sad thing. Even with the one-week addition, they can still lose 16 games on yeah. this year. They don't even yeah, – because of all the other games that was going on, like that was the one I was glued on. I'm thinking, holy shit, the – the, the Lions might possibly win this game. I, then, I was absolutely shocked. Hats off to DeAndre Swift, who had a very good game on the yeah. ground. Um, you also, know. with the Steelers, though, you had, like Reg said, you had no Ben Roethlisberger. You had no Chase Claypool yesterday. No Juju. Juju. And... <laughs> Yeah, and, I'm sorry, and, I can't stop laughing right I, now. I can't. Trust me, Bill, even I was laughing for a while when I saw that. When I saw the clock at a minute 32 and then it was a fumble recovery, I was like, are you serious? That just was, happened. When, or that fumble and it was Lions ball near the end. I'm like, 
I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. The, the Lions the, didn't lose. The, the, the they didn't way win. they tied, but the well, way need to go oh, yeah, hold oh. Up. oh sorry. The, the way that the Pittsburgh Steelers played in that overtime quarter, that period was a disgrace. There was just no there really, I mean, there was, you know, at the end of the time, but of course they lost the football. Right. Um, but there, there really wasn't anything to, the passing game, the run game, like there wasn't anything creative to get them into field goal range to win it. And if you're a Steelers fan, you're frustrated because you no, know, the Lions, even though I, again, I don't believe they're the worst team in the NFL, this is a team you should beat. You know, Jared Goff wasn't on his game much. Not at all. Yesterday, and he hasn't been all season. So, it, it, if you're a Steelers fan, you know you know that you're better than the Lions. You should beat them. And they didn't, and it's frustrating. And as we're talking about sad moments, a major injury happened over the weekend that mm. absolutely destroyed me because yeah. I was a big fan of him in college, and I was pretty happy where he went. Chase Young of the yes. Washington football team blew out his ACL yesterday and will miss the rest of the season. And this is not your ordinary ACL injury. This is a more complicated one, which is going to make his timetable return much longer. So he will not, as of right now, you know, everybody heals differently. Look what will happen with Wentz. As of right now, will not be ready for the start of training camps next year. Yeah. This is a huge blow to the Washington football team. And yes. being in Washington, I know Dan was our resident um, Blitzer writer on Washington, and he was very high on Chase Young. I mean, yes. Chase Young was a, a big player. And, Dan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it right to you. Chase Young, how big of a loss is this to Washington? I mean, it's not going to make a difference on their season overall, but it makes a difference on their defense big time. Okay. I think long-term it does. Uh, for him as a player, as an effective player that he is, it's going to definitely affect him. You know, the ACL injuries, doesn't matter how big it is, they're never easy to come back from. So, you know, it, it's it, 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 this is rough. This is really rough for someone, you know, that I've been praising for a while now. And uh, the hope is that he gets well. They're saying that he may. He may have a possibility of getting back before the 22 season. I know the training camp's out of the question. Um, but honestly, like, I would rehab until he's 100%, which will definitely mean he's going to miss a year. Bill? Yeah. I, the thing is, you know, it's going to be a big blow to Washington's defense. So, I mean, to be honest, Washington, it's not looking good, and we all hope Chase Young is speedy recovery. And as I um, pointed out um, with Dan, you know, this is not just your average injury. This is still half the season left. Right. You got a long way to go, and you're still facing. You got to face Dallas twice. You still got to face the Giants. You're going to face Philadelphia again. And let's face it, this week they showed up. Yeah. 
they beat Tom Brady. But we don't know if that's going to be the same team next week. Heineke, a great game. Antonio Gibson showed up. It's like everything was clicking for them on all the cogs in the wheel were turning. Yeah. Like anything, you throw a wrench into the cog, it's going to stop it. Now, mind you, watch, uh, Tampa did make a little bit of a comeback, but at that point, it was way too late. You know, it's it, hard for any team to come down by three scores. Yeah. Even as good as Brady is. Yeah. And we watched Washington beat Tampa. And we talked about that earlier, and I'm not going to really phase on it much more. But when you're looking at one of your team leaders that you lose for a season, goes down, whether it's your offense or defense, it's going to play a factor some way or another coming towards the end of the season. Whether it's going to be headed towards the playoffs or whether it's heading towards draft time. And right now, Washington's won a few games, so they're not going to have a top five pick right now. But right now, they're in the top 10. And the question is, what are you going to do with that? Where are you going to play out your season? Are you going to try to make a run at the playoffs? Or do you just play mediocre football to get you through the year? Bill, what do you think on that? Just on my statement, do you try to make a push or do you just play to get through? Or you pull a Jacksonville or a New York Jets, no offense, Dan, and tank the season to get a higher draft pick? That's my question. I think at this point, I would say I don't really like tanking the seat. I don't really like tanking seasons. So I'm okay. going to say, I would say try to maybe play mediocre football and maybe just try to get a top five or a top 10 draft pick. Okay. I, that, I would say not go. But if they do end up tanking and try to get a pick because, you know, they might need someone else on defense because they might have Chase Young out for a good chunk of next year too. Exactly. And, you know, as we say with any football season, injuries will always play a factor. And we, we're live Thursday nights, ladies and gentlemen, for the Thursday night gridiron, for the Thursday night gridiron report. We're live on Sunday mornings for the Sunday sideline report when we're talking football. You know, you can check us out on the sportsinsanitynetwork.com. Check out all our blogs. Dan, you're the vice president. Can you fill in the folks where they can follow us and find us all on social media? So go to Twitter. You can search at SIN Sports Insane. That is the Sports Insanity Podcast Twitter. If you want the network Twitter, that's S Insanity Real. And then, um, Search Facebook for Sports City Podcast. Search Facebook for Sports City Network and all of our other shows: Breakaway Bandits, Face Turn, The Throwdown, which is our new basketball show. Yeah, new basketball show there, Wishbone Shotgun, which is our football show, um, and then of course uh, our podcast as well. And be sure you can go to our website, check out other content: network dot com and again just pay attention we got more things coming yep a lot of exciting fun things happening here at the sports insanity network we go insane folks we literally go insane and bill i I don't know how bill's not locked up yet but you know it's a thing not according to the new york state board of psychiatrists mark okay bill all right we'll let you out 
As as for tonight, I am your host, Mark Oldopsai Alpern. I am Danny Boy Reginald. I'm Bill Murphy, signing off. Stay safe, take care. Thank you all for coming and listening. Have a good night, everyone. Hello, folks. Danny Boy Reginald here with a quick update here for the Sports Sandy podcast. Like you said, we, we tape these shows on Monday, so uh, we get we usually get these out later in the week. Uh, by the time you hear this, we would have had played a game already in Week 11, so I do want to give you that score. New England Patriots beat the Atlanta Falcons 25-0. That's right. The Atlanta Falcons laid a goose egg against the Patriots. Not surprising that the Falcons, like I've said before, not they're not being they're not the greatest team right now. So it again that score is not surprising. Mac Jones had another solid game, 22 for 26, 207 yards touchdown. He also threw an interception, but the interception obviously did not matter. Uh, Patriots defense also uh, had uh, three interceptions of their own. Um, you know, making Matt Ryan, you know, force a lot of balls in the air. And uh, also uh, Josh Rosen threw for an interception too. So, uh, again, you know, like I said, this Falcons team, they're not very good. Uh, I think it's time that they move on from Matt Ryan. It's been time. And, again, they need to start from scratch because clearly Atlanta is going through a new era of their franchise. So I think it's time for them to start looking into ways of rebuilding that squad. And Matt Ryan deserves to win. He deserves to go to a contender, whether it's a backup, whether it's in a starting role. He should not uh, be with this team right now. They're struggling in their new era. And I think it would be unfair for the Falcons to grow as a franchise if Matt Ryan is still there. So, And it won't be fair for him either because, again, he deserves to win. He's the type of quarterback that deserves to win. Uh, so Falcons, you know, they're now four and six, still a respectable record. But I mean, when you look at that NFC though, the rest of the NFC, forget it. Your, your chances for playoffs are pretty much screwed. But for the Patriots, you know, if, uh, if Buffalo somehow loses, like that's, they're on top of the division. So like, you know, you, that, that's something that, you know, they have going for them. You know, it's five straight games, I believe. And it's it's incredible what's going on in New England. New England right now is on fire. Again, not they didn't play the greatest game in the world. It was boring football. But like I said, as long as it gets you wins, it gets you wins. And Bill Belichick, one thing we know about him, he knows how to win. He knows how to win. So uh, that's what we... No, from the New England Patriots, they're a very smart organization. They clearly have the quarterback of their future. Uh, and look, as a Jet fan, it pains me, but you know, at the same time, I'm actually really excited. I'm excited for the challenge that uh, is going to be coming for the AFC East. I really am. This is really, really exciting stuff going on up in Foxborough. Uh, another quick thing: uh, Mets got their GM Billy Epler four-year deal. Um, and according to Sandy Alderson, it's his operation. So, what am we going to say for the Mets? Get some free agents. Get the job done. You have the money. You have it. Get it done. Get some good quality players here in New York. This is a fan base that is craving for a victory. So, Billy Epler, 
I wish you much success. He was with the Yankees for a little bit uh, back in the early 2010s. Uh, and, of course, he was with the Angels for a little bit, too. Now he's with the Mets. Uh, this is a great market for him to do it. Get it done for the Mets. Mets are craving for championships. Fans are craving for championships. This is a good deal for the Mets. All right, folks, talk to you soon. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was gonna do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. Just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering Getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.